Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome down to the Rick Shields podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Rick Shields, here with producer Guy. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, and also, I'm going to do a quick early thank you for everybody listening to last week's podcast. Uh, the World Handicap um, System with Gemma Hunter was one of our best podcasts ever. So if you've not checked that out and learned about the new handicap system, make sure you do straight after this podcast. It was a good podcast. It was very quite a sensible one for us wasn't Mm. it it was a lot of actual golf talk and education (laughs) i learned a lot about it is there something are we finding something out here that when we talk about golf stuff let's give people some um advice some instruction and and something back that the listeners do well whereas normally when we talk about cans of monster and me hitting a bad driver and dominoes yeah we don't do as well and listen so maybe that's food for thought having said that today's episode's full of nonsense again yeah so welcome back everybody i know it was good Gemma was great she explained it really well i certainly know a lot more about it it's something that i'll probably listen to again in a few months to remind myself when it officially rolls out across the the uk and europe but amazing and thanks so much for everybody's uh, fantastic comments on social media today is a bit of a catch-up podcast um guy's been on holiday I've had a weekend away playing one of my favourite golf courses in the world, and I want to talk about that a little bit more in depth. Also, we've got some new videos coming out this week. Uh, I did some collaborations last week, so they're due to drop very, very soon, if not already. Um, and it's just a good week. Did you have a nice holiday, Guy? I did. Um, I would say, like, I always like to rate things out of 10. Don't ask me why, but I do. I'd say out of 10, it was an 8, so decent. It was nothing too spectacular. I went down with my family to Devon, which is the south, like right down the bottom of the UK of England. And it was a week of going to little towns, seaside towns. I actually had a lot of ice cream. Nice. I'm not massively an ice cream connoisseur. And I went for a very, very bland ice cream choice. It was constantly um, just vanilla. No. With a, vanilla with a flake. And the reason I've gone for vanilla with a flake is when you go to ice cream is, you know what you're going to get. And it's always like subtly nice so for example normally <laughs> sorry there's a four people already normally i'd go for like cookies and cream or an oreo or something of that caliber but or kinder bueno actually if you see that that's nice but it always feels a bit you're expecting too much you know what i mean whereas when you much. go for a standard vanilla with a with a nice flake it's just nice rock and roll guy exactly i'm all about rum and raisin Ice cream of choice, I know. Rum and raisin, then I, I typically go two scoop, and I'll complement it with either a mint or something a bit a bit different. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but you had a nice time. I've never been good. to Devon, actually, for a holiday. I've played golf one, there, one time down there at Royal North Devon, mm-hmm. which isn't the south of Devon, obviously, because... People who are familiar with the UK, it's kind of like a, it's like a, a little tail that sticks out of the UK in the bottom, uh, bottom left-hand corner. Yeah, <laughs> there's further. You can go over to Cornwall, which is further left, but there's loads of golf courses. I actually took my clubs with me. Didn't play once. Did you? Did yeah. you take clubs? Me and my brother took our clubs, but I didn't play. However, I did play mini golf um, with Abby and my mum and her partner, and I won. Nice. But actually, a bit of a joke on that. I was thinking on the way here to your house. Then about this, right? We played mini golf. It was a really not a very good one. So the balls weren't very good. The putters weren't very good, and there wasn't many obstacles. But it was just a bit of a laugh. I think I, it was 18 holes. I shot two over. Um, <laughs> Which is fine. I think Abby then was five shots worse. My mum was another shot worse than that, and my mum's partner was another wor- shot worse than that. But it kind of made me realise that I know it's, it wasn't too difficult, but my mum's played golf years ago very, very casually, and Abby doesn't play, and my mum's partner doesn't play. But the fact that they were within seven or eight shots of me, and they don't play golf, it got me thinking about like 
when we practice golf and we hear about how important putting is, which we know it is, but if non-golfers and me, who is a quite a, a decent golfer, aren't actually that far apart on putting, I know it's only simple short shots, does that mean that golfers might sometimes think over have an over-importance on putting and actually to focus on other parts of the game? Because if I was the driving range of a Mormon, etc. and Abby, and we're hitting drivers, the difference would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? Do you get what I mean? That's the best segue into a proper conversation exactly i've ever heard in any podcast and that's why we're number one podcast in golf or at least top five um you know what it's it's a a thought even i've had myself like if you go to mini golf or put it let's say and this be you had a three foot putt okay yeah and tiger woods stood over that three foot putt he's gonna hold it Mm -hmm. okay if i stand over it i'm gonna hold it yeah if you stand over it you're gonna hold it if our partners wives fiancés stand over it they have a chance of holding it. I'm not saying they'll do it first time, but they've got a chance. It's not without... It's in the realms of possibility they'll hold it first go. Yeah. Three foot putt. Even going to as my daughter, who's really just starting to pick up golf. She's uh, t- soon to be turning six next month. If she stood over it, I'm not saying she'd hold it first time, but she would have a chance to hold it. Definitely. Within the first five shots, I would say. But like you say, you flip that the other way and give Tiger Woods a driver... And he'll hit one straight longer than me and you. Mm-hmm. And obviously our partners and our children and stuff. Like I said, the separation is vast. Massive. So with putting, everybody can hold a putt. Because for me, it's the simplest skill to teach someone. If I'm ever teaching somebody how to putt, it's, it's mm-hmm. very simple. You stand like this. You move the putter like this. After that, a lot of the learning is about judging speed and yeah. contours and, and slopes and other factors that will come into it. But if it's just on a flat level, three-foot putt, everybody in the world has pretty much got the same chance as the best player in the world to some degree. So is putting overrated? Is that what we're getting to? No, but is it the expectation of us change? Like when you played, was your expectation much higher than the people you played with playing mini-golf? <laughs> Possibly, but what what stood out to me, and I hope this is coming across as, as we mean it to when people are listening, is the fact that it surprised me at how, because I actually played okay as well, but how, like I said, how small that difference was. I don't want to get into all the strokes gain stuff, because I don't matter. I understand it vaguely, and I get the importance of hitting your driver long and all that kind of stuff, and I think a lot of people listening understand if you hit the driver a long way, you're going to play better golf. But it made me think like a lot of amateurs you know do have this old mantra of you know drive for show and put for dough etc but actually it should be the other way around because if you in a really similar analogy that like you said had a three foot putt and you can have your wife have it or tiger and it's to pay off your mortgage you'd obviously choose tiger but like you said if your wife had to do it she'd have a good chance of holding it if someone said hit a driver 280 yards to hit that fairway and it's paying off your mortgage and you have tiger or your wife you're obviously choosing tiger and that's that's it so i think in a long <laughs> roundabout way of saying it I think we can now, from this little chat, come to the conclusion that drive for show, put for dough isn't right. It's the way around. There it's drive for dough. No, yeah, drive for dough. Put for show. Put put to win the mini well, golf championship. It's drive for dough, put for even more dough. That works. I think. <laughs> put for, Yeah, because you've got to drive it. Anyway. Um. <laughs> I thought that was really good. I'll be listening. What the hell are you talking about? What have I tuned Today's in is, Today is a... It's a chilled vibe, isn't it, Rick? It's you know what normally, and you might this might come as a massive surprise to you. We actually plan these things out, or guide us <laughs> to some degree. Like we have questions, we have some sort of structure. We know roughly what topics we want to talk about. Today we've not seen each other for a single week, um, and we've hit record and we're talking. It's put the podcast on, go on your commute or be on your run, be in the gym, listen. We won't be offended if you turn off halfway through. Yeah, whatever. We'll come back next week. We'll see you next week. It'll be better. <laughs> um, I had a good weekend. Talk to me. I played one of my best favourite ever golf courses in the world. Before you say why, before you say which golf course it is, because obviously I do know, I want you to explain why it's your best golf course. That's a, that's a great question. I there's a lot. Obviously, I've played a lot of golf courses, right? And for me, there's a few characteristics that meet have to be met to classify it as a fantastic golf course in my okay. head and you know what the no i think the number one thing and i genuinely mean this is scenery so off the golf course off the scenery. golf course like i would rank 
an average golf course much, much higher if the scenery is over an ocean yeah. or it's over a lake or it's, you know, water mainly involved. But the scenery outside of the confounds of the golf course is breathtaking. Mm-hmm. Like if it was under a mountain or things like 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 let's say somewhere like Conway Golf Club. Have you played Conway? I've never played it, but I, I've seen it, if you know what I mean. Conway, for me, if you took Conway, picked it up, moved it inland, plopped it in Manchester, it's a nice golf course. Mm-hmm. Like. It's nice, okay. The fact is, where it's where it's at on the on the seafront over in North Wales, with the a massive mountain kind of backdrop, which makes the ball flights look incredible. Um, you've got the views over the ocean. You've got all the like. It's those elements that then heighten the rating of that golf course tremendously for me. So, in a weird way, you're saying the number one thing or one of the most things you like about a good golf course is the fact that something the golf course, in a way, doesn't have any control over. Yeah, the seat well, I get like, it. And and I'm not saying there has been a few rare occasions where the scenery outside of the golf course isn't as spectacular or you can't see it because another one for me is if a if a golf course let's say you can't see the outside of the golf course but all the way around the golf course is a forest or it's trees somewhere like a woburn Mm -hmm. i love woburn even though i have no idea what it's near to but exterior views off the golf course big massive pine trees really lush looks phenomenal so this course had a good external view that's the very external tip. view. What next? For me, how interesting the holes are. Okay. And how different they are. From one another. Correct. Okay. Like every single hole on this golf course that I played is quite spectacular. Is it one of those courses where you almost can't see the holes when you're on a said hole? That's And that's where I'm going to come to okay. next because that's what makes this course even more special than any other golf course that I've played. Every single hole, and I mean this almost without exception, you do not see another hole. You get a little bit of that hillside, don't you? Correct. Back nine at hillside is very much like that. And actually, the golf course I'm talking about, which we'll come to, is very similar to the back nine at hillside. Big sand dunes, which almost act as like a a theatre wall around the holes. And when you're on the hole itself, it feels like you are the the only hole located in in that vicinity like it's just carved out of these amazing sand dunes um so it's a linksy golf course it's up in scotland it's in aberdeen um the condition of the golf course is a big one for yeah. me greens tees correct this place was different level again you know what i've got this is people might laugh at this but a couple of things i always notice get to a good good golf course sprinkle heads in the fairway have distances on tick this I one did. normally to the front as well and you have a tee thing a, a pin thingy that yeah you add on i also and this is a really silly one I think I said this to you before, maybe on the podcast, maybe not. Ball washers on the tees that have soap in them as well. I mean, we can't use it in a minute. Yeah, they're short at the moment. But I know it sounds so stupid, but if you go to a golf course and you want to wash your ball on the tee and it's like a little scatty, dirty, horrible thing, or you pull it up and it's full of like crystally furry liquid, you put your golf ball and you wash it and it comes out, it's like got that like feel to it, it just feels brand new again. It means a lot to me that. Um, talking about there's another couple of criteria as well like even just the entrance into a golf course yeah. is massive it's a long me. drive at that place isn't it i've been it just sets the scene like a few really really nice golf courses i've played like wentworth um i'm trying to think of off the top of my head now renaissance archerfield yeah. um well, I'm very Scottish at the moment up there. Lot Lomond when I played up there. St. George's Hill. St. George's Hill. I mean, these are really nice golf courses we're talking about, but always have like a really grand entrance in there. Like there's a big sign at the front door. Like you you know you've arrived. It's one of those ones where you stop the car, wind the window down and take a picture of the sign yeah. as you're driving in. Like you are you have arrived at somewhere quite special. Another one you get some like really, this is more exclusive high-end course but it's such a nice touch i don't know if this course you played i had it or not is get onto the first tee a little bucket for free tees correct did have it tees pencils um scorecards another another thing so you arrive i mean like i said they're on restricted service at the moment the service isn't you know possibly up to their normal full star five star service range balls provided yeah naturally tailor-made they weren't tp5s but a pretty good range balls half Gra- mark lost for that but i can deal with it grass tees and matt tees if you want yeah the r- range was nice to hit off 
Target's horrendous. Oh. Like one of the it's literally like a field with a few flags. Big yeah. letdown. Whether there's development plans in the future, I don't know. It might be a temporary because the golf course I played is very new. But it feels like it's been there for two hundred years. So I'm getting the picture. This is one of your favourite golf courses in the world. How do you feel about the other things attached to it then? I know what we, when you explain what it is, it's gonna be a reaction for people. So we drop the bombshell now. It's a weird one. So the golf course I played, which is my favourite, honestly, I, I would rank it as, if not my favourite, 100% in my top three, and other golf courses from the same franchise of family are also possibly in my top five, because I've played three of the golf courses from this chain of uh, American family. The golf course I played this weekend, I played 27, uh, 27 holes there, 18 on Saturday, 9 in the morning, it's my favourite ever golf course, Trump International. Mr. Donald Trump's golf course. The President of the United States of America designed this golf course that I played and I love so much. <laughs> when our listeners turn off now, I just want to say, it's not to do with me, I love you all, I've got massive respect for you all, it's not to do with me, it's not my fault. <laughs> Go and check out Guy on Instagram. Guy will take over from now. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, and that, I'll be honest, there's definitely... A, I don't know what it is like a a, a a dark cloud over the whole thing. Just a quick counterbalance. I played the Trump one in Dubai about a couple of months before it opened when I was over there one time, and it was rubbish. So that's a little bit of yeah. It might not be now. It wasn't rubbish. It wasn't that good. Basically, I think it was still under construction. Just a little bit of for everyone that's getting heated and annoyed that this is such a good course. I didn't like the Trump one in Dubai, so a little bit of balance. I've been to Trump International once to go into the pro shop, and I must admit, what I saw was phenomenal. The clubhouse is actually not. They were, I thought they were going to build because I went there six years ago when I first played it, when it only just opened a few years before. And the clubhouse is kind of a bit of a temporary clubhouse. It's lovely, don't get me wrong, but I thought they were going to build like this monster one. Yeah. And I actually thought they had done so. When I arrived on Saturday, I was somewhat disappointed that it was actually the same clubhouse, even though it's lovely. Yeah. It's just a bit small. Pro Shop's mega, but every single thing in the in the Pro Shop has Trump on it. Yeah. Like so literally that... every anything you want to get from that Pro Shop has the word Trump on it. The one thing that you said to me on the phone before um, was that you felt if it wasn't a Trump course and it was just a, the International or whatever it was called, it would be good enough to host Scottish Open, the Open, potentially even a Ryder Cup if it had other facilities. Yeah. The, the land it's on is vast. Mm-hmm. There's loads of space. The golf course off the back tees, I don't know if I've got a scorecard with me right now, the black tees... I think, I'm sure it's like seven and a half thousand yards. It's a par 72. They actually have a slope index on that course. All right. Because it's American. It's a par 77. So it's a five over par. Wow. I, I would love to do a video there. What can I shoot off the black tees? Yeah, it's just the fact that, and obviously, I think both of us aren't political in any way, shape, or form, really. We don't really get too involved in that, even obviously in the UK massively. But. That's the problem with these courses. That as good as it is, a lot of people, and I don't really understand American politics massively. I'm not obviously over there. I don't really get it huge amounts, but it gets so much hate, doesn't it, when you see it on, oh, online? Honestly, I'll tell you the story why I was up there. So I, um, a few weeks ago, I, or probably about two months ago now, I got a, an influx of emails and messages on social media about a young lad up there called Scott Cowie. Now Scott. Um, I'm sure he won't mind me saying this. Um, unfortunately, you know, he's, he's 31 year old, family man, wife, kids. Uh, last July, um, got diagnosed with cancer. And through lockdown, so like March time, got the sh- shattering news that actually, you know, it's terminal. And basically, you know, I don't know how much. I'm sure I can share this. I'm sure he doesn't mind. But basically, he's got till September to to live, which is just like heartbreaking. Like you can't even imagine it. So um, Scott, his friends, Scott kind of made the point that he's a fan of my channel. He wanted to play golf with me. He wanted to play golf with me at Trump International. 
So a lot of people messaged me saying, can we make it happen? Bless him, his friends even ran a charity event where they played 72 holes in one day to raise money to pay me to go up there and do it. Hmm. Uh, but obviously, I, I didn't want to take a single penny off him to do it. I was happy to, to go up there. And, you know, if that was one of his wishes, then I'm happy to grant that, you know, to go and play one of my favorite golf courses obviously is great anyway but to, to play with someone who's so brave and inspirational as well was was massive for me so I rang him up out of the blue I didn't want to surprise him and just turn up on the day um I rang him up as soon as I heard the news and we, we had it planned we set a date which was the weekend just been and uh we've been in chat loads and you know he's a really lovely guy he really is you know he only started playing golf a couple of years ago got down to 11 handicap which is really impressive um and and Golf for him is a release. It stops him thinking about, you know, what's to come. Um, he, he, it's his kind of happy place. It takes he takes his it takes his mind off things. Um, and if I'm honest, and I think this is where this will be a story that completely gets lost. Once Trump International found out about it, they actually gave him free membership. That's class, isn't it? So that he can go there anytime he wants. He gets a buggy every time he goes. He doesn't have to pay a single penny. And from now till, you know, God forbid the day, he's no longer with us. He can he can play there every single day if he wants to, which, again, is a story that's going nice to get touch. lost. But it shouldn't get lost because I, I do think that's an amazing touch. You know, uh, they didn't have to do that. The membership there is super expensive, but it's really nice. You know, it's really nice what they've done for him there. Um, so that's kind of why I went up there to play with him. Um, and like I say, it's a weird one because I, I want to shout it from the rooftop. I want to say I was at Trump International. It's my favorite golf course. And this, and the, but it's just this. I don't know. Like like Guy just mentioned, I'm not pol- political and you, I know you're not. Yeah. And the people I spoke to there aren't political. Like, the staff aren't political. The local people, the, the Scottish people, you know, they see this amazing golf course and they want people to go there and play. Um, but like say, you know, he's he's liked and he's also not liked. Um, yeah, I, d- I don't really... Mm, it's a strange one. I, I don't know enough about it. And I don't... I, it's hard because I'm not American as well. I think if you are American and it's... You've probably got a lot more emotion connected towards it, um, but at the end of the day, you went for a really good reason for kind of a good cause. If you like, you had a great, great day, great game of golf, and also Scotty is quite active in the Facebook group we have for the podcast. So if you see him in there, make sure you like his stuff. Um, he's a good guy. Yeah, and you were really nice. So uh, Scott's actually doing a, a charity golf day on the 9th of August um, up in up in Scotland at Peterhead. And uh, he was asking for prizes and and um, donations. And Guy unbelievably had this Nike VRS uh, red tour bag signed by Rory McIlroy with Rory McIlroy's stitching on the bag, which is worth a fortune. And our very own producer guy donated it for the good of the course to be don't to be ra- raffled off. Um, for for charity which is amazing thanks so much for that and i took it up with him and he absolutely freaking loved it that is good i mean i was tempted not to give it him (laughs) (laughs) i was tempted to keep it i think the bid at the moment i think it's up to 600 pound wow um perfect do you wish you put it on ebay now (laughs) (laughs) no it was it was a bag i had from a time working at nike and it's obviously a a genuine rory's bag it was one that was made for him but then he signed it and gave it away Uh, and i and i managed to be lucky enough to have it but it's one of those things that I had, and 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 I obviously loved having it. But it was actually at my mum's house still collecting a bit of dust. So I thought when I heard that you were going up and they were looking for prizes, I thought, well, you know what? Like I obviously want it because it's a cool thing to have. But it's very easy, isn't it, to give the charity give like a quid or I don't know something or a fiver or something. Means nothing to you. But sometimes, I mean, it's nice to give things away that you want because it means it's a good. Do you know what I mean? That's no, really nice. Yeah. So I just so thought, nice well, obviously, I'd like to keep it, but I think it would make me feel good by giving something away away that I. I don't. I don't want to give away. Yeah. If you get and it's going to raise a load of money. Exactly. Honestly, it really is. Like, so I don't know if again if Scotty can put it on the uh, Facebook group that we have, the Rick Shields Podcast group. But I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's taking donations from it. So if people around the world fancy a Nike uh, tour bag signed by Rory McIlroy, that'd be an amazing way to raise money for charity. But yeah, it was amazing. Oh, by the way, look at what he gave me. I forgot to show you. So I, I took him some little presents up. I gave him four Nike hats. <laughs> um, I gave him two SM8 wedges, <laughs> which he was over the moon with. Nice. Um, and a few other bits, so he's dead happy with that. Look at this. What is it? So, rake that you put on your club. That's quite cool. So, I don't know if you've seen That's these good things. At the minute, it's it? amazing. Oh, yeah. It's got my name on it. Rick Shields PJ. That's cool. So, I know you, this is a podcast and you can't see this, but basically, Scotty gave me a um, 
it must be a new design that someone's doing like a 3d printed thing where because you can't take rakes on the golf course at the moment certainly here in the uk it's a rake head very small one only seven um, prongs wide but you actually then once you've been in the bunker you slide your grip of a golf club through the little hole that's attached to the rake and you can say hello to a new era of mental health care Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com actually rake the uh, bunker and then take it off and attach it normally to if i saw that at a golf show do you think it's absolute rubbish at the minute it's an amazing thing how good is that really i think good. everyone should have one yeah right let's that's a good story rick you're a good man um <laughs> we did, we did think... a little i also looked, i filmed a little video for him which i'm going to edit him and send it in class so that that's uh that'll be good as well um a little bit of housekeeping then before we have the questions sorry to cough <coughs> Pardon me. Um, so today, as you said, it's it's going to be a, just an innocent cough. It's like I'm in the back of my throat. <laughs> yeah, you still got like... your taste and smell, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, today's going to be a bit of a Q and A, a bit of a chilled out vibe. Next week, we'll think of a good show. Um, <laughs> today's a, a decent show. Anyway, um, people have been very kind in giving us some great feedback on the last episode of the podcast, which you said, Rick, um, via Twitter, via Facebook, etc. If you're listening on Apple, please make sure you rate the podcast. It's really good for the podcast ratings and rankings. So give us a rate and share it around. And also, if you are not yet um, joined up to the Facebook group and you use Facebook, you should join. It's literally search in your search bar for Rick Shields Golf Show Podcast. We've nearly got 30,000 um, members now. Which That's is insane. ridiculous. I think a lot of those aren't necessarily there because it's for the podcast. I just saw your name and saw golf and we'll have a bit of that. But also there is we're seeing more and more interaction around the podcast. So feel free to to jump in, um, post what you want about the podcast. If you post about the podcast, the chances are it's gonna be accepted what you post because anything about the podcast, we want more of that in there. And lastly, um last little bit of housekeeping. 
keep sending your emails into us it's a simple email address it is simply podcast at rickshields.com um and we want to hear your nightmare first tee shots or nightmare tee shots nightmare holes anything about any any golf you've had that has been nightmare we want to hear about it because we like bad golf that's everything i think i think seeing bad golf makes people feel better yeah, we don't want to hear about your good drives. We want to hear about the drives that hit a duck that went out of bounds, that bounced back in, then went back out again. I don't know, but that's what we want to hear. So I've just been today, this morning, there's a new uh, pro tour that's taken place uh, here in the UK called 2020. And the guys who, one of the guys who set it up actually used to go college with him. So he asked me if I'd commentate for an hour or so. And it was horrible, terrible weather, rain, wind. And it was it was actually played at the Marriott Worsley Park. So that's kind of why I went down. <clears throat> they were playing off the championship tee. Guy, the first hole, I've never seen it look so scary. Ever. That's and quite a long back way back. Tee. It's near the putting green, isn't it, really? 450 yards, okay, which is not, not the end of the world. Wind hard off the left, right? And honestly, when you step up on that back tee, if you're a fader of the golf ball, you almost can't start it far enough left. Like, for me, I was, done, I was looking on that tee thinking, I'd actually feel all right on this tee because I can start it down the middle and draw it aggressively up that left-hand side and hold it against the wind. Guys who were hitting fades were struggling. So many people hit it in the trees on the right. And it made me feel Ouch. a bit better. Good. Right. <laughs> let's have a few quick fires first, Rick. I know you Go like to it. give good answers, but let's have a couple of quickies. <laughs> you mean be quick? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Well, be quick on a f- let's have, we can have a few longer ones because ideally we want to have a good title for the podcast. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet. So I played the best golf course I can never tell you about. That's, yeah, that'll do. Um, <laughs> so quick fire then. Uh, James asks, how's the new irons getting along? Great question. Currently, I'm looking at my golf bag right now, and the irons that are currently still in my bag are the ping blueprints. Um, it's a work in progress. We had a possibility of filming a new video tomorrow. Unfortunately, it's been pushed back for other reasons. That was going to give us more information about the new irons it's still coming they're coming aren't they they'll be in the bag soon. a new set of irons will be in the bag in august good question from james um i'm not sure how you answer this i'm intrigued what's something you want to achieve in golf you haven't yet hmm i'd like to get a hole in one on video that would be good <laughs> but it's got to be a real hole in one yeah 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 proper Absolutely one real. shot yeah a bit like when when we played with John Robbins, like one on seven. Yeah. Like, I don't even mind if it's not me. Okay, yeah. Just because I want the views. <laughs> but it would be better if it was me. Weird question from Pete. I don't know how much knowledge you have on this, but I'm intrigued to see. He said, golf club insurance, do you really need it? And is it worth the money? Should it be made compulsory that you have it? There's loads of interactions, people commenting back and forth. Oh, wow. So, I, I'll personally, I've never had golf insurance. I'm covered with some level of insurance by the PGA, the governing body, so like uh, public liability, etc. I would think it's definitely worth it for golf clubs. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, if you I if you insure your golf clubs, depends where they get stolen because if they get stolen out of your bag, out of your car, sorry, a lot of car companies won't cover you, depends on the excess, yeah. etc. If they get stolen from your house again, it, it, are they covered under your house insurance? So having actual golf golf insurance that covers your set in case they get stolen or lost if you go out traveling somewhere mm-hmm. is definitely worth it um there's insurance that insurance insures you if you get a hole in one yeah so if you have to buy a round of drinks at the bar believe it or not there's actually insurance for that and then the other thing i think it does insure you for accidental damage so if you hit something a house smash a window a car um Again, I don't know if it covers it if you hit somebody else, God forbid. Um, yeah, I think I think some of them do. I think for the price, genuinely, it's one of those things. Insurance, a lot of insurance, certainly here in the UK, is mandatory. You have to have house insurance. You have to have car insurance. You have to have life insurance for your mortgage, etc. I think Possibly. you do. You don't have to have golf insurance. So it's a, it's, it's a payment out, yes, but you'll only look back at it and regret it if you needed it and you didn't have it. Yeah, there used to be when I was at American Golf, you could you could buy it in the store and it was I think it was twenty nine ninety five for a year. But you got three free rounds of golf with it. So that kind of works out. And quite I got one pound fifty commission for selling it. There we, hello. So let's just say <laughs> I had a lot of one pound fifty. Jamie asks, how often does Rick play with mates and no cameras? Good question. That is. Well you once well weirdly in the last Two weeks, I've done it three times. 
Wow. So when I played at Mia, yeah, with John, one of my good friends, John Beasley, Richard Finch, ex-European tour player, and um, the other pro's name has <laughs> slipped my mind. God, what's he called? I'm just gonna pause and let this be a massive long pause. Oh, this is awkward. Um, I hope he doesn't listen to the podcast. Everyone, just pause a minute while you're driving. The podcast hasn't gone off because Rick trying to remember someone's name. Who the hell did we play oh, with? This is really bad. Andy, and believe it or not, I actually had a lesson off him years ago. Oh, it's been about a minute now. So oh my god, this is really bad. How have I forgot his right, name? I'll look for some. I'll, um... One sec, one sec, one sec, one sec. How have I forgot his name? That's ridiculous. And everyone listening is going to be like, I don't really know who that is, but either way, <laughs> I should remember his name. Um, oh, we're nearly there. Adrian Hill. Adrian Hill. See, I knew it was Adrian all along. I didn't tell you. <laughs> um, um, so I played 18 holes with those four. No cameras, no social media. It's been a memorable round with Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> he, was on my, he was my partner as well. Oh, no. Did you it, win? No. no. It was me and him versus John Beasley, who's probably one of the best players I've ever played with ever, and uh, European tour player Richard Finch. So, yeah, we didn't win. Um and then technically this weekend, I played like say Trump International. I played with Scott. We we videoed a couple of holes, yes, but that wasn't the main idea for the for going out there playing. And then literally yesterday morning, I played nine holes again at Trump International with his uncle and a mate of his. No cameras, nothing. A few little phone clips just for some memories. This has got to be a one word answer. Now. I think you can do it. <laughs> Go on, Mike Jones. What's his meaning? You? What's your favourite beer or lager? Corona. Fitting. Nice. <laughs> Um, oh, this is a bit of a oh. So Riley's asked if he could build a dream club, what would it be? Now, I presume it means actual physical golf club as opposed to a golf resort club. But what would you build? Don't know. Hmm. I'd probably feel more passionate about designing a putter. Yes, I was going to say than putter. I would a driver. Because for me, what would I'd feel somewhat? Because for me. It just got to look good. You know, for, I would design a putter head. Problem I'd is, go nice answer shape, black, black shaft, black grip. But it's not similar to what I've got, but just a bit bigger. That's my only problem. That's I think I'd end up designing one that I've already yeah. got or already like. Um, because I'm not being funny. The guys who design clubs are better at designing clubs than I am. But like yeah. if someone said to you, design a car. You can't, you can't design a car better than Ferrari can design a car. Or Lamborghini can design. You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I thought it was a stupid thing then. I'd say after. Go on, carry on. I'd say the most interesting one was for me when, when I was in that TV show, Driver vs. Driver 2, where the, the, the contestants had designed the clubs and designed the... And it was like, wow, I really like the look of that or I really don't like the look of that. But if I was to actually get pen and paper and try and design a club, I, I don't think I'd be able no. to do it. Sorry, go on. No, I was thinking, oh, by the way, Rick Shields line up golf, new golf clubs will be coming out soon. Yeah. <laughs> I've just definitely uh, put in a nice uh, pitch there for everybody to go and buy the clubs that I don't even know how to they'll design They'll look rubbish, them. but they'll just have a Rick Shields logo. <laughs> yeah, they'll look exactly like I, uh, the clubs in my bag right now. Quite a good question off Jackson. He's put, hi, Guy and Rick. So I'm going to answer this one as well, but let's hear you first, Rick. <laughs> in your entire golfing career, when do you think you were playing your best golf and what would your handicap be at the time? Ooh. Um... I do genuinely think I went through a spell, two thousand and seventeen, sixteen, when I was still doing Quest for the Open, the final year, where I really did feel like I was making some good progress. Where I felt like the worst I could play was like one over par. Like genuinely, I felt like I had a m- many more under par rounds in me. Um, I was very much in control of the golf ball. I wasn't nervous when I stood on the first tee, for example. Um, that was probably the best I played. I, I remember one particular round I played at, at St. Anne's Old Links, and uh, it was only an alliance comp, but I was that confident. The first hole was a, a short par four. I was that confident. I took driver out, hit it to like six foot and knocked it in for eagle, and then birded the next. I was like, God, golf seems golf easy at the moment. Um, yeah, so it's probably about that time. Yeah, simply for me, it was I remember this so clearly, it was 2013, I'd finished university and I rejoined the golf club again, I'd had a couple of years off with the university and studying, my handicap had lapsed, so I had to do three cards on my handicap, and I shot some good scores, but at the time, I think this is still the case, actually, I think Gemma said the other day, you weren't allowed to get put into category one, Right. so I had to get put off six, and within literally about four weeks, I got down to 2.6, so I dropped like 3.4 shots, 
in a couple of weeks. I was shooting like a bit like we were saying, then level pass, one overs and stuff in comps. And uh, my handicap was obviously three, but I feel like if it was in reality, it would be scratch for that for that little spell of like four weeks. It was just like you said, easy driving was great, but not the story anymore, sadly. <laughs> um, Matthew has asked, "How's a monster sponsorship looking?" Don't know, brand manager. Where's yeah, the, it's where's not, the... not looking so good, really. Okay. Isn't it? So, <laughs> I think we're at, this is podcast number thirty-two now. I think this is, this is as as people are listening, and we haven't had a sponsor as of yet. So when we do eventually get one and plug whatever it is all the time, we don't want any moaning because you've had thirty-two episodes of, of no sponsorship yeah, exactly. whatsoever. Do you think we? Do you think we're branching out too hard? Do you think it's too expensive? I don't. I personally don't think hundred grand an episode is too much. No, do I? <laughs> um, what else could we have as a sponsor that could be realistic? Um, Bose headphones. Bose would be good. Um, Apple. Apple would be very good. Yeah. So if if you've got a local business and you want to advertise for a couple hundred quid an episode, you can just let us know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this is a good one. Benjamin's asked, after listening to the last podcast, it made me keen um, to watch you gain a handicap. Have you thought about doing some rounds uh with handicap cards and we have done that before a little bit we have but now you can legitimately get a handicap it terrifies me <laughs> it terrifies me after we spoke with Gemma last week and i was driving home after that podcast it's the only thing i could think but what, about what would be a bad handicap for you be honest because my, the, she said my handicap now would be three on the new system and you can shoot those scores with your eyes closed surely thanks well, maybe not your eyes closed. with a bit of pra- a lot of practice Getting in the gym once a week, flexibility. You could be as good as me. So you could be free. <laughs> um, I don't know. Are you you seem play enough golf. I think which you as long as you're off four or better, which is what you turn pro off. No, what? what yeah. The, there's no big deal. I think I'd be off closer to scratch than four. Yeah, I think you would. I think I'd, long... if I did my handicap, I think I would be off one, two, or three. Definitely not four. No. <laughs> And now, potentially, I've got a membership at a golf club. Yeah. I could get a handicap. Are we shouting that out today or are waiting on that? We're waiting for an email, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, somebody has asked, have you tested the new tailor-made irons yet? And they've put a couple of sneaky pictures in there. Cheeky. I haven't even seen them yet. What do they um, look like? They look pretty good. Oh. No. oh. And then there's... We can't That's, really say oh, what they're these. Nice. They look like a bit of a throwback. Yeah, they do. They Don't very they? much do. Yeah, so basically, TaylorMade have got some new irons coming out, which I think we can say. They've got a blade for sure, which you might have seen online. Charlie Hull had in the bag, and Rory, Rory had in the bag, and there's a couple more coming as well. Um, the, those, those MBs look nice. Well, the deal is, as, as you might see sometimes, people send pictures to Rick, um, which is nice. I think they sometimes think that we've not seen them, which is why they send them. We well, often I've not. I've well, not, you haven't seen those. the first time I've seen them. That's true. Often we have, but the reason that we can't talk about them before the embargo lift is because obviously we get sent the clubs off the brand. We Rick goes out and does a completely impartial review. Says if they're good, says if they're rubbish, which you'll know from a lot of the videos of last year. You were brutally honest with products, um, but if we shared pictures before. Um, the clubs were actually announced by the brand. Well, that wouldn't go down too well, and they probably wouldn't send us clubs going forward. Yeah. So we have to sign an embargo form, where you know it's just a level of respect. Like if we're getting golf clubs two weeks before anybody else is allowed to share it, we can't just get the clubs and then take pictures and share it. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just a, a professional. I'm sure it happens in every industry. It happens, I know, with mobile phones and cars and any anything that gets released, I suppose, on a certain date. They have to con- control when people see that to a degree. Yeah, but all, uh, but also on the on the flip side of that is, and, and I think this is pretty clear, and surely the podcast listeners who are more hardcore fans hopefully would know this, but there's also the the channels at such a size now, and it always has. You always have had this ethos to be fair, but you, you, we're not afraid, and you're not afraid of saying what you think about a golf club because if you said X brand's new irons are absolutely dog poo. And they said, you know what, Rick, we're not sending any more clubs anymore. Well, we'd say, okay, fine, we'll buy them when they come out in future and do a review a month after the embargo. And people would still wait to watch your video. You'll see it as well on YouTube, let's say a certain day at 2 p.m., the embargo lifts. And you'll see several reviews dropping from different creators. Um, Hopefully you watch ours first. To be fair, it's the only one you need to watch. Yeah. Don't bother watching anyone else's. Um, but yeah, you'll see that often that where the, on a day there's, there's loads of different embargoes that dr- or videos that drop, and that's kind of controlled by this kind of uh, uh, embargo time and date. Um, Two more questions. Yeah, this we'll is a good one through. actually from Liam. Um, he says, "Would really like to know what Rick's thoughts are on the new Nike Infinity Tour golf shoes. I've seen him wearing them in the last few videos. Would we'll be able to hear his thoughts." 
I honestly think they're my favourite golfer ever. Aren't, not, aren't they nice? Looks-wise, they are the best golfers you've ever seen. I've never tried them on yet, so I can't say for sure. They are field. ridiculous. Well, we've both got the Infinity <laughs> run trainers. You know what's funny, though? The one I'm looking at right now isn't the most aesthetic as it looks right now. Why is it filthy? It's a bit dirty. It's a bit, like, skewed up, <laughs> stuffed in a pile. It's, like, st- shoved against a cardboard box. It's like Instagram and reality all over again. Yeah. If someone took a picture of that and said, look, look at my new kicks, they'd be like, oh. You'd have a phone call off Nike, St. Rick. <laughs> but what I've been impressed with so far, I was really worried about the fly-knit-type material on top, like, really getting damaged, but it's, like, ridiculously good. Yeah, I really like them. Um... The, the traction underneath really solid. They're very, very comfortable. They're a bit high on the ankle. So mm. some people might like that just as a bit more of an ankle support. They are a little bit hard and high on the ankle, um, on the outer ankle, but that's not doesn't affect me at all. Um, but like I say, as close to a trainer, actual golf shoe I've ever owned. And in my opinion, the white ones, and I'm yet to get the black ones, but you really like the black ones, black the one best looking pair of golf shoes I've ever seen. To be fair, obviously I'm a massive Nike fan, but golf shoes in general over the last two years have come on leaps and bounds. Ridiculous. The only concern, not concern, but the only thing I have, I was wearing a pair of a different brand the other day that are trainer style, and the bottom of them now has, is literally like getting more and more like a trainer to the point where I'm not quite sure where the actual line is drawn. I, I still wouldn't feel comfortable wearing... I've got Nike Air Maxes on today, the, yeah. the trainer style in today's ones. conditions, you I wouldn't them. wear them today at no all. Way. But even in that tour event today, I saw people wearing those. I did. It's like, what the hell? Why yeah. are you wearing those today? Surely you'd want a spike of some description. Yeah. You need to have two in your locker. You do. You need to have a spikeless, well, you don't need to, but a spikeless pair, which is your nice summer. You can wear them to the course to drive in. You can wear them yeah. in the club house. Nine holes course. after school, after school, after, after work. School. Rick's 15 again. <laughs> and then you've got your spiked pair for when you're playing a comp and it's a bit wet and you want yeah. performance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's also like, I remember back in the day, I had three golf bags. Yeah. I had a pencil. Correct. I had a stand. Yeah. I had a tour bag slash trolley bag. Yeah. And it's even like, at... <laughs> okay, this is it. I want to say at Trump International because that's where it was at, but I still feel like every time I say it, people roll in their eyes. But at Trump International this weekend on Saturday, it was a club championship. Everyone was out in twos. We we would teed off out with them. Every single player, tour bag, electric trolley, walking down the hole. Yeah. Well, if that was a Wednesday medal, everyone's just on the pencil bag or stand bag. It feels like the bag marks the occasion as well. You know, you want you want to bring out all the stops when it's a big competition. Yeah. Tell you what, there's actually been a lot of good questions. It's a shame that because I think we've had 112 comments, and I closed the comments off so we couldn't have any more. I don't want people to be asking questions now, for example, when we we wouldn't get through to them. Um, so I'll go for one more. Um, while I have a look, Rick, have you got anything else to say? Uh, new video is coming out today. Collaboration with Pete and Carter. No, it wasn't Carter, was it? What's the other guy called? It's <laughs> another 20 minutes where we just wait on this guy's name. Uh, Peter Finch and Matt Fryer. Uh, we did some videos last week. Um, we did three videos, actually. One for each channel. Three different challenges. Uh, we did a swap golf clubs on Pete's channel, where the three of us swap golf clubs after being sanitised. Then we did a battle golf video uh, for Matt's channel, I believe. And then we did on my channel, a three-man scramble, six holes, which is going live today. I also filmed some new coaching videos that are going to go out later today. How to, uh, not later today, later this week. How to hit the ball and the turf. And also five things you should not do with the driver. Um, and technically what you should do with the drivers. They're going to come out this week. Um, we've got some new golf balls to test, which promise, get this guy, to be five yards longer than the Pro V1. Oh They've word. actually got it on paper. Five yards longer that will be- so with that Pro V1. So if that's five yards longer, you'll only be seven yards behind me then. We've not done the old 12-yard banter for a while, so I'll just reintroduce that. <laughs> I was about that. to swear at you then. Um, um, so I bought them. To be fair, they've come super quick, but they were mega expensive. Expensive for buying them, expensive to ship them, and I had to pay custom on it. So I reckon these golf balls are probably going to cost me about seven quid a ball. Well, every yard counts. Last question then from Kyle. I've done this kind of one before, but I always like this one because it's, it's something that... Um, has different opinions. When it comes to custom fittings, do you think it's better to judge a putter by feel or what you are fit for? Hmm. Feel or what you're fit for. It's a good one. So by feel, I think he means more, I don't know if he means actual feel off the face or just a general feel. I'm going to go with more general feeling. Yeah, general feeling. But also feel off the face is just a quick one. I had a putter once. It was an Odyssey 2 ball, right? 
can't remember the official model now, but it was like a two ball blade, but it also had like number seven fangs in it. Do you get what mm. I mean? It was like both in one. And it was super yeah, I do square. Remember it. I do remember. But then it had the two ball. It, technology wise, and looked like it was fantastic. But it was dead hard off the face. Was it the white hot insert? It was. As well? it, it wasn't. It was like you know what? It was a white hot, but a white hot yeah, something. Yeah. And it was, as I said, two balls with a fang. It was so square to stroke. I really loved that putter. But off the face, it was firm. Do you remember the? Was like it called it. a DFX? DSX was the black, the black uh, D, one. DFX or DS? DFX. I'm sure it was DFX. Yeah, black ones. Um, they were firm, weren't they? Yeah, I didn't like that feel actually. The, the the proper white heart, the original white heart, is probably the best feeling putter ever. Um, I used to, I used to love doing this little game. I used to do it at American golf, where I'd go to the putting green at American golf and basically just do an elimination. If I hold it, it stayed on. Yeah. If it, if I missed it, got eliminated until I got to a point. And and weirdly, a putter can sometimes pick you. Like if you're just enjoying hitting a certain putter or a different st- a certain style, you just fall in love with different shots, don't you? Really? Yeah. At the end of the day, I, I sorry, quick well, one. I've never I've been through maybe one proper pro- proper custom fitting with a putter, but often I'll just pick a you know. 34 inches done yeah there's obviously there's so much now that can be looked at in putter fittings and it's I said I think I said again on the podcast before my brother went to Lee Sullivan at Torex Golf and it was an amazing putter fitting account with some odyssey that was all singing all dancing fitted to him all the stats from Sam Putlab how many degrees he was open closed shut upright you know all this stuff but at the end of the day, you know sometimes you get a putter off a mate or you go into a second-hand shop and you put one down and it's just something about it just feels good. And if you're confident over the putt and you hold them, it's not a bad thing, is it? I think that's the same with all golf clubs, really. Absolutely. Guys, thanks so much for listening to the Rich Hills Podcast. We will see you again next week. Make sure you rate the podcast, follow the Facebook page, check us out on YouTube. And uh, that was a off-the-wall episode, but I hopefully you enjoyed it. And we will be back next week with more stories of ice cream and forgetting people's names. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.